Welcome to the Center for Advancement of Virtual Organizations podcast. We are here to discuss innovative approaches to diversity and inclusion in the new virtual workplace. I am Samantha Hedgepeth, and today our guest is Jacqueline Welch, Chief Human Resources Officer and Chief Diversity Officer of Freddie Mac. Jackie is also a member of the Senior Operating Committee of Freddie Mac and reports directly to the CEO, David Brickman. With more than 20 years of subject matter expertise in human resources and inclusion, diversity, strategy, and execution, Jackie is an icon and leads a team of experts in optimal delivery of HR functions. The beaming wife of Tariq Welch and proud mother of James Jackson and her fur baby, Benjamin Bones, we welcome Jackie Welch to our Cavo podcast. Please say hello, Jackie, to our listening audience. Hello, everybody. Uh, Samantha, Dr. Hedgebeth, thank you so much for that very warm welcome. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Thank you for, for the invitation. Yes. And so, Jackie, for the month of October, we've been talking about the importance of diversity and inclusion in our new normal, the all virtual workplace. We look forward to hearing from your wealth of knowledge and keen insight to help navigate this new frontier. So let's begin. Today, many companies are working virtually in response to COVID-19. Can you share Freddie Mac's experience about how your organization has transitioned into all virtual work environment? Uh, certainly. Uh, uh, one, I would like to acknowledge the optimism in how you have framed the question um, I like to describe where we are as our ever-evolving new normal, right? Um, if there's anything I personally have learned over the last several months is um, but moment by moment, anything can happen. And so first and foremost, in terms of Freddie Mac and how we've responded uh, to the environment that we all find ourselves in, key is to be agile and to really listen to employees to determine what are the exact pain points? And then as an organization, how can we respond in a way that, to your point, uh, sets the table uh, with more length to include others? So, for example, uh, like many organizations, uh, you know, COVID, to some extent, uh, disrupted normal operations. Right before we, we went virtual on Friday, March 13th, I wasn't superstitious before, but I am now. Um, that very week, we had discussed sending some subset of our, our population to work remote to test our systems. Uh, but in that same week, it became clear that we had no other choice but out of the abundance of caution to send everyone home immediately. So we essentially said, pack your things, take everything you think you'll need um, and go home and we'll be back in touch. Not having any perception or reason to believe that the, the pandemic, the viral pandemic will go on as long as it has. So we've done many creative things, for example, created new leave policies so that people can take time off in increments of time. Although Freddie Mac has more than 500 employees, we have adopted the extended FMLA uh, for those who need more time to take care of family members or themselves, they have that leave option. We've been very, very mindful about things like when meetings start and when meetings end. And so to the extent that the business can absorb it. Uh, most leaders have embraced this idea of no meetings before 9 a.m., no meetings after 5 p.m., and trying to observe the, the lunch hour. 
the key to all of these uh, interventions that we have deployed has been listening to our folks. And so if there's anything we've learned to do is to ask the appropriate questions and really listen keenly to the answers and then create interventions that respond specifically to what we're hearing from our people. Wow. Excellent. I love that staying agile and responding. Um, That is so awesome. And so being amid two pandemics, actually, one a public health crisis and the other a racism crisis, um, we are now thrusted into that virtual workspace. And that has really changed some dynamics. With the impact of stress caused by multiple crises, how has your organization sought to remain inclusive and empathetic in managing your talent virtually? It's a great and, and nuanced question. Uh, so you you have, I believe, rightly contextualized it as both a viral pandemic as well as a racial pandemic. I would add a third. My concern is this second wave we've all been predicting and expecting is most prominently, in my view, going to show up as a mental health crisis uh, because we do have people who are working under uh, extraordinary amounts of stress. Uh, a home has become home, work, and school. All these things convert in many instances. All these things converged under under one roof. Um, working parents now have to contend with their full time work responsibilities, in addition to being homeschoolers or at least home school support systems. And so, I do think that it's an extraordinary. Uh, time for for folks in terms of having to to wear multiple hats. Um, so I do have concerns that we're actually heading into a third a third issue of epic proportions. Now to your question around you know how do you you maintain inclusivity, and to my point about mental health, Freddie Mac even before the pandemic had done a lot of work um, in the space of mental health awareness. Uh, you know we we joined forces with NAMI and really started to look at how could we be part of the need to take mental health out of the shadows and to help reduce the stigma associated with mental health so that our employees who have challenges uh, in in that uh, would feel supported. The data tells us that one in five adults will have an episode of some form of mental, mental health crisis over the course of their lives. So this is real. Um, and so even before the pandemic, as I said, we had really started to do a lot of work around having the appropriate conversations and putting the right resources in place to support our folks in this area because we do believe in a uh, you know total well-being philosophy. So we have worked very closely with NAMI uh, to bring mental wellness out of the shadows. How that shows up in the midst of the twin pandemics is we've gone to the level of granularity where we worked with our third-party mental health providers to ensure diversity amongst our counselors. Because what we know based on what our people have told us is sometimes the barrier to seeking help is I'm not really sure I'm going to get a counselor that understands me, that's a woman like me, or perhaps uh, is a practicing Muslim like me, or is a black male like me. And so we've put a lot of pressure on our third party suppliers or partners to ensure that their counseling staff mirrors the diversity of our own population. As a result, we have seen an uptick in the number of folks calling into these resources for the help that they need. 
Wow. Um, that is amazing. And, and you and Freddie Mac are doing a phenomenal job of just keeping a pulse um, on what your employees need. So in addition to the revved up mental health uh, preparedness, is there any other uh, best practices of lessons learned for the new virtual workplace dealing with the civic and public health unrest? So yes, Freddie Mac, um, even before uh, the twin pandemics, as you've described them, we have done a lot of work relative to inclusion and diversity. And in fact, we have a multi-year board-approved inclusion and diversity strategy that we were well on the way to executing on uh, at the beginning of the late spring, early summer, uh, first with the tragic murder of Ahmaud Arbery, followed by George Floyd, um, and in between, of course, there was Breonna Taylor. And so we made the very um, thoughtful decision that we weren't going to abandon our already established inclusion and diversity strategy plan because that plan was created with a very specific context. We did the work, we recognized what our opportunities were, our strengths, our challenges, and we created a plan to embrace and to, to meet those challenges and opportunities And so that body of work, with or without regard to what was happening outside the four walls of Freddie Mac, still stood as valid. At the same time, we recognized that it would be um, short-sighted of us to not acknowledge what was happening outside of Freddie Mac, outside the four walls of Freddie Mac. So we continued full steam ahead with our multi-year board-approved inclusion and diversity strategy, but then alongside it uh, created some interventions to address all the issues that were arising out of these senseless uh, murders of these Black and African-American individuals. For example, our businesses doubled down on really looking at equity and equality in housing. How could they uh, finesse our business models to make sure that we were doing all that we could do as the entity that we are to address systemic racism in housing? Internally, we created discussion groups Uh, led by officers of our company to ensure that we heard all the voices of folks who had concerns about what was happening again outside the four walls of Freddie Mac. Um, We've had several speakers to come in who have done uh, amazing work as it relates to the context for institutional racism and proven practices to address it. So again, we stay focused on our original inclusion and diversity strategy And alongside it came up with these interventions that spoke to what all was happening outside of Freddie Mac with the intention that downstream these things will naturally converge. Awesome. Thank you so much. So Freddie Mac has received the top score of 100 on the Disability Equality Index and has been honored as one of the best places to work for disability inclusion for five years in a row as of 2019. So you all are doing such dynamic work there. Has becoming an all-virtual workplace dampened or enhanced your organization's effectiveness and or capabilities with your disabilities demographic? It's a great question. So, you know, uh, disability works across a spectrum, right? Um, Some disabilities require higher levels of accommodation than others. And so um, it's and, and as opposed to either or in terms of the impact and our ability to meet the challenges associated with being diverse in this way. So I'll give you an example. Um, One of the the signature um, 
programs that we run at Freddie Mac that does receive a lot of accolades is our neurodiversity at work program. Um, And so we deliberately uh, recruit, actively recruit for individuals on the autism spectrum. And we've opened up the aperture to include dyslexia as another example of neurodiversity. And so we look for individuals, uh, we recruit specifically in pockets where we can find this, this, uh, in our view, underutilized resource of talent. In some instances, uh, depending on where an individual is on the spectrum, working virtually is actually preferable (laughs) Uh, because there's more control of the environment. uh, There's more control in terms of the amount of interaction with others, et cetera. And so in some ways, going virtual has actually benefited some of our folks who are are neurodiverse and have a preference to work uh, in more solitude, um, et cetera. So it really, it's been interesting to see the degree to which it's uh, the pandemics have required us to think differently versus where in some instances, it's actually given us a little bit of a lift. Awesome. Awesome. So according to Autism Speaks, an estimated 500,000 teens with an autism spectrum disorder known as ASD will enter adulthood and age out of school-based autism services over the next decade. That is potentially 500,000 people who will soon be entering the workforce with unique skill sets and ready to contribute to the bottom line of companies everywhere. Your organization has a neurodiversity program for the ASD talent pool. Have you started amending the program so that this unique talent can seamlessly assimilate into the virtual workplace? Yeah, that's a a fantastic question as well. We're ahead of the curve because even before these recent uh, statistics, uh, we were already, as I say, uh, looking at that, um, you know, wellspring of untapped talent, um, our work relative to recruiting and retaining neurodiverse individuals uh, dates back close to a decade. Uh, and so we do feel like we have the winning formula of knowing, one, where to find this talent, and two, how to uh, recruit this talent. And then most importantly, in my views, once we bring this talent in the door, Uh, creating systems and programs to support their ability to do their best work. Uh, That could be physical accommodations or even during the recruitment process is one example of a best practice. Uh, We will, uh, in some instances, send our interview questions beforehand, um, allowing our candidates, our neurodiverse candidates, the opportunity to to sort of uh, consider the questions in a timeline that's most preferable to their, their learning and comprehension style. Uh, we have allowed folks to respond via video as another example. And so we're, we have along the way on this neurodiversity journey, um, tweaked how we approach talent acquisition as well as talent retention and, and career mobility once, uh, once individuals join the Freddie Mac team. So, you know, I'm glad that the rest of the world has caught on to what an underserved population this is. It brings tremendous amount of value to the workplace. And so, we go great. The more, the merrier. Um, however, we do feel like we're ahead of the curve in terms of thinking through not only how do we acquire this talent, but how we onboard this talent and how we support this talent uh, again in their career mobility. 
awesome. Just such an awesome job you all are doing there at Freddie Mac. And so just in closing, are there any other insight discoveries or best practices you want to share with our listening audience for the virtual space? Thank you for asking that. Uh, If there is one thing that I would encourage people to think about, people in organizations to think about and put into practice is more now than ever, it is incredibly important that we have really well thought out listening strategies that go beyond the annual engagement survey. Um, At Freddie Mac, we do pulse surveys. Uh, We use a tool that sort of uh, crowdsource crowdsources uh, the best ideas from our folks relative to opportunities or challenges we might face and, and go into a listening strategy format for our communications to our folks has really, really broadened the lens through which we can see the organization. Uh, your people are your best source of, of opportunity. You're, they're the best source for where do we go to get more talent like the talent that we have. They're your best source for problem solving And certainly in the environment that we're all operating in with these myriad of challenges that are sort of incoming, these aren't organizational challenges, these are global challenges. Uh, Your folks are the best people to give you a sense of how do we tackle all of these headwinds. So uh, bottom line for me is figure out what would be most viable inside of your organization uh, in terms of a listening strategy. And once you hear from your people to be transparent about what you will and will not do in response to what you heard. Ooh, that is very rich. I have truly appreciated and gleaned so much from this conversation. Thank you once again, Jackie, for joining us in support of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations, North Central University. We greatly appreciate all your insight and best practices shared today. Thank you again for having me.